0: belong to What's the Chat, episode six with myself, John Wood, and Alison Craig.
1: Yes sir, we've got some show lined up for you today We are going to be going live to New Zealand To be talking to somebody who is on the Lord of the Rings set Yes, Amazon have got a massive production out there And we've got someone on the ground who's going to be giving us some inside
0: chat And then we're going to nip across to the USA, Connecticut to be precise Mark Donaldson, ex-4th now working for ESPN Has some great stories about Tiger Woods He worked very closely with them Good chat there
1: Absolutely and last but certainly not least we're going to be chatting to Screen Scotland versus Screen Nets which is all about a new initiative for young Scottish people to get involved in the film industry get well paid for it as well and end up with a job at the end of it so exciting stuff you are with What's the Chat we've got 30 minutes in which to (laughs) tantalise
0: Beautiful sunny day, wasn't it? It was lovely. It was really nice. It was at Ratho. Bloody difference it. it makes, doesn't it? your oh, does, mood it generally. Now this is the sound you want to hear on a Friday.
1: Ooh. Oh, lovely, lovely. And this, and this.
0: Lovely, Crisps lovely.
1: Here, and you can't hear my wine, but it's here. Do you know? I was thinking, John, how long we've known each other, and how many times we've been out carousing and carrying on, drinking all over First the
0: place. I know.
1: I don't think we've ever recorded anything with a dr- actual drink in our hands, have we? No, no,
0: we haven't actually. I think this is the first time actually. Well, let's change the well. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my you foam just, cave. You and and, uh, <laughs> it's like, like a
1: euphemism, so, so, so sort of thing a Tory MP would say, John. <laughs> don't. So tell me about your golf.
0: There's 18 holes, uh, greens, uh-huh. and it's uh, clubs, and you hit a white ball. Bye. It, it <laughs> <laughs> I played not too bad actually I've got a new well I've, I've had this driver for about three, four years but I got right into it today oh it was great but my shoulder's a wee bit so anyway then my mum my mum rubbed some gel on my shoulder for. oh the little okay. mum rubbing the gel on the baby's shoulder so anyway, let me tell you what's absolutely yeah. bugging me this week. Like you, I take my dog for a walk and stuff like that. But yeah. what's bugging me apart from joggers? When you're walking along the pavement, it's a wee bit like the okay corral. Who gives way to who? Yeah, you know. Point. I mean, who has priority? Who trumps who? Now, I'm sixty three year old, walking dog on pavement, jogger running towards me, and I think joggers should give way to man with dog. I think joggers should give way to Older man with dog. But it's becoming like a Mexican standoff. I also think <laughs> woman with child, she trumps the whole lot. She, You know, we should all move on to the road uh, because uh, and she gets right away.
1: I mean, elderly lady on her own trumps everybody, I trump's think. Every- even yeah, she, she even trumps- young mother with child in bunk. Yes, that's yes.
0: right. So, so what's the pecking order? Elderly women... Uh, in their nineties who have had the jab, they trump everybody, basically. They trump what if they everybody. haven't had
1: the jab? Well, you what? see
0: they go onto the road. They go like. straight onto the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, what if they refuse the jab? Ninety year old woman who's refused the jab pushed on onto the road. road. Pushed oh. onto
0: the road. <laughs> John, John, you'll go to hell, boy. you go to hell. <laughs> no, but it is a bit of a Mexican standoff out there, and I think we need some sort of clarity from the government: mm-hmm. who gives way to who, who I trumps who. Really right. Elderly people, fine, I get that. They get the whole pavement to themselves. Mother with child, whole pavement to themselves. Man with dog, give him a wee bit of room. Jogger should move. Jogger should get it, actually right across the road. Frankly, they're not. No. And I'm under my breath, under my mask. Going, hey, I tell you. <laughs> well, I, I had one today. I was
1: out walking the dog, and this suddenly I heard this noise. What was that. There was a guy right on my shoulder. It's like there was a huge area right round us, and he was right on my tail. You know, yeah. I gave him a ninja kung fu kick as he went past. Obviously, yeah. I didn't, but I was thinking I'd as, really like as to. As
0: Jason Leach, Professor Jason Leach, would say, "Kymeters, kymeters, me."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your dad used to say when I met him in the park, he would say." Manners maketh the
0: man. That's true. It's, it's, it's actually true. in Inverleaf Park. If you go up to the top gate at Inverleaf Park, there is a sign and it goes, Manners maketh man over the gate. And it actually, it's right. You know, a bit yeah. of manners, you know, it goes, it, it goes a long way.
1: But it's true. I mean, I think we should, maybe we should have a campaign to get people to just
0: yeah. care. You know, and again, hats off to the bus drivers. They're the unsung heroes as well. The people in the supermarkets, obviously nurses and doctors. But yeah. I tell you what, the bus drivers have put in a shift as well. Good on you. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. and them. and the posties. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, through hell and high water, we. I mean, it's remarkable the job they do. Really, it is. I, you know, I think our postie right.
0: keeps ringing our bell for all the big parcels you can't get through the door for the whole flat. Eh?
1: <laughs> oh my mum and dad had a postie called Davy and uh he was well known for having a good rifle through everybody's postcards and stuff you know so he'd hand things over and he'd go oh i see, see somebody having a nice time in Tenerife then or whatever uh, so my mum and dad were away and when uh, when they were away for a joke my dad sent uh, himself a postcard but you know it said dear Davy the postie having a lovely time looking forward <laughs> to seeing you when we get home from Eric and Pat <laughs> So when he got back, you know, right enough, a couple of days later, the postie's coming down the steps, and he just kind of nodded at my dad. I was like, "Aye, aye, very good, Mister Craig."
0: Very good, very good. but dad, my dad was—I told you—he was in the post office since he was fourteen. starting yeah. off, as I said, as a telegraph messenger. But um there was a boss going around one of the the offices at Christmas because obviously Christmas is a a crazy time in the post office. And um, there was a there was a room that was locked. And the boss said, uh, what's going on in there? Get me the key. For- oh, nothing, sir. Nothing. Get me the key. I want to see what's going on in there. So we got the key, opened up. And there was a guy plucking turkeys, right? What? <laughs> he had- in the yeah, yeah, he was pluck- he- They had a batch load that came on, right? They had come in. And he was just plucking turkeys. <laughs> and the boss turned around and says, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm plucking a turkey, sir. He says, save me two, will you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you call Postman Pat once he's retired?
0: I don't know. Bat <laughs> S- Sorry that really what is do you, What do you call That's a six foot deaf gorilla Anything you want to carry it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's <got> to stop <laughs> What's brown and sticky
0: I don't know A stick <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, no, they really oh, no, are the bumper no. fun boots, aren't
2: let's they? So let's stop that.
1: Me. Yeah, we had an interesting chat the other day. We interviewed uh, Mark Donaldson, who used to work for a uh, radio station in Scotland, but now works for BT Sport. He works for ESPN in, in America. He's lived across there for 10 years. And he does uh, all the coverage of the baseball, the golf, the soccer, uh, tennis, all sorts of things. He's got some great stories. Interestingly, he talked about Tiger Woods, who he worked with. Literally, Tiger and him were co-hosts on a golf programme for ESPN for three years. And, well, here's what he had to say.
3: I spent three years as on-course commentator with Tiger Woods, which was something special. That, that kind of hit me hard a few days ago when I saw the, the footage yeah. of the wreck. And even before that, in 2017, when you saw the mugshot and, and whatever, because to get as close as I did, and a sports illustrated photographer sent me a picture from Olympic Club in San Francisco. We were covering the 2012 US Open. We did the feature groups, so I was always with Tiger. Um, when you're that close to someone for that period of time who is in a bubble and it's a, it's a bubble that is, there's very few people get in with him. If you, haven't yet seen the it was a two-part documentary about Tiger on HBO over here it's now on Sky I don't know if it's Sky Atlantic Sky Sports but it is available on Sky he was put into that predicament right from the start his father decided he was going to be as famous as Gandhi and have that big an impact as Mandela that is a big pressure to put on a kid and it was just pressure 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 when he was old enough to walk he had a club in his hands just constant pressure Um, they interviewed ex-girlfriends And they were exes, not really because of Tiger, but because of the family, especially the dad. It's like, wait a minute, you could get in the way of my son's career, but my plan for my son's career. Mm -hmm. So they were jettisoned and put to the sidelines. It's been interesting since the scandal, or the couple of them that he's had, and the broken leg in 2008, that he's changed. He wants, remember at St. Andrews, I think he won by 15 shots at the Open. Yeah, yeah. He, he was this, I mean, he transcends sport. He's a legend of, everyone's heard of Tiger Woods. A little granny in Pit and Weem has probably heard of Tiger Woods, even if she hates golf. So for him to be in this bubble, part of it is his fault, the way that he's handled things, but he doesn't know any better. He didn't know any better back then and how to deal with it. It was just, it was the blinkers were on and it was just like collateral damage. Don't care what else is around. But with that comes someone who is hard to get to know. And being up close to him, there was very little chatter even with his caddy. How lonely an existence must that be? Like Tiger will get back eventually? No, the only thing I hope is that he's fit enough to play with his son. There's a father-son tournament in Orlando that just actually happened in December. And uh, just to see the smile on his face. and Because it's a totally different relationship that he has with his son than he had with his father. Mm-hmm. Um and to be able to hopefully he can get back to be able to not compete competitively. He's achieved far more than anyone has ever expected him or more he was gonna achieve. But for him as a parent now to be able to walk hopefully pain free with his child, just you wanna go for a game of golf? Yeah, let's do that, Dad. That's what I hope for Tiger yeah, Woods. Yeah.
1: Mark Donaldson there from ESPN um, talking about his close working relationship with Tiger Woods. And we'll hear a lot more from him next week. That was just a little snippet because it was very topical given what's happened to poor Tiger
0: over the past Yeah, week. quite moving as well and someone who was really close to them. As you say, we'll have more stories coming up soon. Well, well, things, you, you, things you actually buy on uh, Amazon or, or, or whatever when you're absolutely pissed. Uh, <laughs> one of them was a, a garlic grater. Like I needed <laughs> that in my life. And I'm now waiting on a twelve ninety nine knife sharpener from China. <laughs> thought things that I need in my life.
1: Oh, some of the rubbish I've bought. I've got an outside patio heater. It's never come out the box.
0: Yeah,
2: because I
1: haven't. Yeah. I haven't got any power in the garden. You know how am I supposed to plug it in? But I didn't think of that at two in the morning when I was. You know
0: how am I going to see my friends? Well, I I bought the ultimate waterproof shoes, and they arrived and were. <laughs> They had wool in them and they were beautifully designed and they were only 20 quid and I went out in the rain and my feet were soaking.
1: Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: soaking.
1: I remember friends of ours ordered the, uh, you know, these see-through ghost chairs they're called. They're uh, made by Philip Stark, I think. They're quite yeah. groovy and but Anyway, yeah. he thought, oh, God, that's a good deal. So he ordered 12 of them and they arrived
0: and they were children's chairs. <laughs> <laughs> like primary school kids yes. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, If your backside is more than six inches, I'm sorry you can't come round for dinner.
1: I couldn't even get a buttock in there these days to be honest. Have you got the two of these chairs, please? That's right, and a platform. That's
0: right. Oh I love your cheek
1: chairs. Uh, that's the same guy that ordered sofas that were so big they had to be literally they had to be uh, airlifted in through the, the,
0: the door they're a top floor flat, they wouldn't come up the stairs I love these so, guys yeah. that make their the, like I made a boat in my garage but I can't get it out <laughs> <That's right. laughs> do you know a lot of guys like that John? oh tons of them round right here <laughs> tons of them, unbelievable <sighs> I remember there's um, a great story Juliana's as my, my wife was telling me, She she was um she was coming back from work and one of our friends was having their birthday in Juliana's and she phoned us says, look, you've got to come. I've met this, oh, beautiful Italian waiter. He's absolutely gorgeous. And my wife went, okay, we'll come in. So anyway, she, she walked into Juliana's and, uh, there was Susan. It was her birthday and they're all having a great time and all the waiters are around and she goes, which one is it that you really fancy? Oh, she says, a real Italian guy. She's just, which one is it? She says, it's that guy over there. And Donna went, Hiya, Derek, how you doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, no bad, actually. I no but ba- <laughs> He'd been speaking Italian all night, so it was like, he said, oh, it's great to see you. <laughs> oh, hiya, Donna, how you getting on? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the accent oh. just, it just fell at the last hurdle. Oh, up, what a so shame. It. The bubble was burst. The bubble it was burst. Like the atmosphere burst. there. I mean, what these boys could I do loved with a, a big peppercorn was unbelievable. Really.
1: I remember being pregnant and being on air, and uh, suddenly I thought, if I don't get an anchovy within the next 35 seconds, <laughs> I'm going to kill someone. And I hated anchovies. And they were listening to the show, and they delivered a, a huge pizza round to the studios, just absolutely covered in anchovies. And I still really? swear, even now, that that was the best. Best meal I ever had. And they so were it was great. Anchovies
0: when you were pregnant—that was it. Anchovies,
1: anchovies. yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I was short of salt. I was certainly short of alcohol because I didn't touch a drop. And I was so annoyed with everybody still boozing and carrying mm-hmm. on. I remember thinking, I'm never going to drink again. These people, my, are idiots. my
0: godmother, her her warm? craving when she was pregnant was rubber. She used what? to eat. <laughs> yeah, she used to eat the rubber off the Hoover. That (laughs) I I kid you not, I kid you not. She used to you know where's Margaret? She's upstairs Gnawing the way at the Hoover. Honestly, it was my mother told me this. Gnawing the rubber off the Hoover. Oh my god,
1: what did she give birth to Stretch Armstrong? I mean that's an extraordinary
0: (laughs) I don't know, but her first daughter's called Dyson. Oh my god what a weird lot I've heard of pineapple that's another one it seems. I've to...
1: heard of pineapple as well it's a yeah. fruit that comes yes. from a very much place much, <laughs> much hotter than this. It's the usual high intellectual conversation
0: Now if you're looking to go to a pub and buy a pint look no further than New Zealand
1: International intergalactic Scott to Broadway hey, So sp- and let's find out where we're all going today. Hey! International, intergalactic, Scots of Broadway. Hey! So spin the globe and let's find out where we're all going today. Well, it's a very good morning here, and 13 hours later, a very good evening to Mr. Lyle Bush, who is uh, live from New Zealand. Hi, Lyle.
4: Oh, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm oh, very well indeed. How are you more to the point? You have got freedom across there, haven't you?
4: I'm a very, very jammy man.
1: So so day to day, your life feels relatively normal.
4: Today, we woke up to go to a river and did some kayaking for two hours. Ended up on a beach with one of the oldest pubs in New Zealand and had some fish and chips and some pints. We're not in full freedom right now. We had a few COVID cases earlier this week uh, Jacinda's she's outstanding she has three people who get it and she goes nap shutting everything down and then a few days later she goes right we've got it under control open it up what are you doing in New Zealand so I work for a, a certain TV series <laughs> produced by Amazon that may, may be called Lord of the Rings a bit of a childhood dream for me is
1: it another film that's coming along
4: mm, TV's. it's the same kind of scale it's the same level of absurdity but yeah there's a lot more of it because there's a full a full series to do so
1: you alluded to there you're a and have been a lord of the rings fan since you were just a wee a wee soul
4: oh yeah uh, to be amongst yeah.
1: that in reality must be extraordinary
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're kind of waking up at three or four in the morning and you, I mean, sometimes one of the worst days was getting in for half one. I had to be there for half one in the morning. And, you know, you're tired and you're grumpy and then you arrive on set and you kind of have to pinch yourself and go, this is this is pretty extraordinary. <laughs> you're up, up
1: close and personal with some of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, because I'm, I'm in the
4: department looking after um, extras and actors and things. So, yeah.
1: Oh, but it must be wonderful to be out there and doing something you love. And uh, in terms of a production that size, obviously, are there any COVID restrictions?
4: Oh, massive. Yeah, I think because it's Amazon, you have New Zealand and then you go into Amazon and Amazon world is a very, very different beast. There's masks all the time. We all have these little hand sanitizers around our belts because I I basically look after all the radios, which I think at the current moment, we have the second most in film and TV history. The only thing that's ever had more is Game of Thrones. The amount of sanitizing of batteries and bits and bobs and, you know, making sure you know who's had what radio at all points so that if something ever did happen... you go okay. Well, these are the people who've touched it. You uh.
1: would imagine the first few days of that would have been very fraught. And now, has it become a, almost normal?
4: Oh yeah, this is me. Like fourteen hours a day for five days a week. It just doesn't just doesn't feel weird anymore. And you know, for certain things, if you're dealing with actors, you have to have visors on and stuff as well so it makes sense if somebody got it mm-hmm. things weren't in place 300 people would suddenly have it you shut down both Middle Earth and New Zealand would be pretty embarrassing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think the exciting thing from our point of view is there are productions now going ahead so we'll be getting new fodder uh, coming oh, on yeah. our screens I
4: mean, which is yeah, great New Zealand the issue is they don't have enough crew here right now because they've, they've only got you know a kind of certain amount of people and they'd usually get folk in from outside and um, but that's pretty tricky right now in all these productions. I mean, there was even a rumour that Star Wars might be coming over here at some point. So, But you've got your own film company. Me and um, a few other friends often collaborate. My main thing is I, I do my own stuff. One of the good things about lockdown, if that's a phrase one can employ, it was quite a nice time to get down to some writing. The latest one I did was actually the last time I was in Scotland, a film called Corvus which uh-huh. is um, a folk horror about witches. Can we see we, it? It's just, um, it's heading off to festivals now. But yeah, if anyone's keen, there's a, there's a little link that can... Uh...
1: Give it to me and I can drop it into the podcast notes. I mean, 2021 so far has been an excellent year for Lyle Bush. And it looks yeah, like yeah, I mean, I feel bad 2020 right wasn't along. that bad either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the right place for the moment. That yeah, I know, I know, though. like yeah. literally the
4: luckiest man alive.
1: So if you're out and about in New Zealand and you're saying goodbye to someone, Lyle, how do you do that?
4: Sure. So it's basically C-H-U-R. It doesn't mean cheers. I thought it was cheers. I thought it was some kind of, you know, I was trying to teach people slangevar. And I was like, oh, that's your equivalent of chur. Very much not. Not at all. <laughs> but you would just go. You would just say chur, bro. Chur, sure, bro. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. You're a Kiwi. <laughs>
1: That was Lyle Bush there, live from New Zealand. And, uh, well, when I say live, obviously, it was recorded about two days before their latest lockdown because it just changes uh, by the day,
0: really. Uh, but fascinating.
1: And we will be in touch with Lyle a little bit later on in the filming process to see how it's all going.
0: We used to have a band at school. Uh, we had It was a trio. It was bass, me and drums and singing and guitar. And we called it Graft. Oh, that was a great name. Was a name. It was a good <laughs> name, yeah. Well funny enough, we I, I think we thought about it in the maths department. Graph, graph that'll do, yeah. Okay. Oh so you mean graph that. as
1: in graph paper, not graft as in work?
0: No, just graft as in graft paper. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of thought went You were a creative you know. genius with oh, really oh, I don't know why Sachi, you aren't.
1: I, d- I was going to say, why aren't you a satchel?
0: <laughs> so we ended up playing at the school dance, and uh, I still have a photograph of it. And I've got, I had my, I had my playing outfit, and I had my going on to the dance floor outfit. Right? Oh. So my playing outfit was my loons and my red vest. I had no muscles whatsoever. I mean, honestly, it just looked, looked a flea with a vest on itself. Anyway, we played away. <laughs> And we played like 10 years after and uh, what else did we play? Uh, free All Right Now and all oh, that type great. of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoke in the water and honky toot women and all that stuff. right? So anyway we played away I thought it went down quite well. So then mm-hmm. we finished and got changed into my dancing outfit. Oh and what was and, your dancing uh, it was a, outfit It was John? a denim shirt and denim jeans. Uh, oh double denim. Double, double denim. double denim. Double <laughs> denim. Sick. Uh, and went well, on the dance floor and I saw this lovely blonde haired girl. I always remember her name her name was Carol and she was from Cramond and I went and it was like a dance, yeah. Dance, dance, Then I'm, I'm thinking I'm pretty cool being in the band. And I just said, uh, so um, you enjoyed the band then, did you? And she went, no, they were shite. And I went, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, did, I didn't like them either. I didn't like them either. <laughs> <laughs> I just- so that my...
1: you remember her name yeah
0: I know that's weird that I wonder where she is now oh, Carol from Cramins oh who knows, who knows? oh it
1: would be lovely wouldn't it be lovely to hear from Carol from Cramins We
0: formed a band a better I band than probably... me.
1: <laughs> yes the Bangles I think I've heard of them uh...
0: <laughs> she did really well yes
1: No, I had a band briefly in the 70s called Jean Cream and the Wet Dream we were a punk band and uh, great obviously thing. great name but you know who's going to put that poster outside there uh, so that was short lived uh, and then latterly in the, in the Sort of late eighties, I was in a band, isn't it? Sorry, the early eighties, I should say. I was in a band in Edinburgh, and we did uh, we did quite a lot of stuff. We did a lot of uh, um, student stuff. You know, we did the Anne Nightingale Road show. We did uh, we supported some quite big bands. I can't. I think one of them might have been Speed of Destiny. Can't remember. It was all a bit of a blur. I was one of the backing singers. I was back. We were very nearly got a deal, but um, what happened was uh, the A and R guy, who was uh, his name was Ronnie Gurr. He worked for Virgin. He tried to phone us. Uh, or our keyboard player, who was the one that tried to herd the cats, as it were. You know, he was the one that was organized. And he had to sign a band by the end of this particular week because they had quotas, I suppose, to fill. And he didn't get a, a response, or Alan didn't pick up the phone. And so he went to the next person on the list, and it was Bronsky beat. It was Jimmy's oh, no. beat. Oh, yeah. really? No. Right, yeah. Jim- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No,
1: you mentioned- imagine. I know we usually hear from Catherine Aitken when she's doing our, our reviews, but, uh, but this week she's here with a different hat on and it's a jolly exciting hat.
2: Yes, it's a very exciting opportunity. Screennets, Nets, which is a training programme for a new entrants into the film and TV industry in Scotland. We've just launched recruitment for nine trainee roles, four of which will be working on The Rig, which is based at First Stage Studios in Leith. And uh, the other five will be on a variety of productions across Scotland in all different roles. The Rig, I know, is, is an Amazon production. What sort of areas are you recruiting for? Well, for the rig, we're looking for production accounts and we're also looking for grip and special effects and visual effects as well. So this is an opportunity for trainees to come onto the production for the five months that are remaining and uh, be trained in those areas. And then hopefully we would work with them to get more placements after that as well.
0: So is that an interview process as well, Catherine?
2: You need to read the guidelines that we have and fill in an application form. And we're looking for the production accounts person that does need to have very specific experience. But for a grip, for instance, you may know a grip is the person who actually works the machinery that's going to be involved with all the camera movement. You could have transferable skills, say from the theatre or stage management. And then the other two, special effects. I think if you've got good practical skills and say ele- electricity or plumbing, um, then you you can also add on pyrotechnics as well that's the kind of people that we're looking for there and visual effects that's everything that's actually done online after something has been shot whereas special effects are actually something that takes place while it's being shot so those are the four roles for the rig and tell me, what what sort of uh, age or what sort of profile are
1: you looking for from your applicants?
2: Well, they need to be over 21 and you must be able to drive because of all the COVID protocols and the inability to actually travel on public transport to and from your location. You really need to be able to drive to either have your own car or be able to hire a car. So it's 21 this time. And the rig um, you mentioned there, what other productions would people potentially be working on? Well, it just depends on what's happening across Scotland at the moment. Um, there's a few things in the pipeline, uh, like Karen Perry project, for instance. Um, that's coming up soon. And there's a feature film, The Lost King, which is going to be shooting in Edinburgh. And then there's one or two other productions, uh, quite big series, that are happening soon as well. So and if you were main... successful, it's mm-hmm.
0: going to be, it could lead on to many other things as well. This could be the, the start of a new career for some people.
2: Oh, absolutely. If you come into the Screen Nets programme, then that's definitely a nine-month contract and we would hope that you would buy on at least three productions for that. And for the Screen Nets programme, we're also looking for production accounts, but we're also looking for production office, locations person, um, location sound and art department.
0: How do we get in contact?
2: If you go to screenacademyscotland.co.uk, the website there, and then... uh, click on screen next then that will take you into the page of information and all the guidelines that you should download and read beforehand and the application forms the deadline is one o'clock on the 10th of march so 10 days to go really and it's a paid position isn't it absolutely so you're paid for the time that you're working and you get paid real living wage and it's based on a 55 hour week and 11 hour day which is standard in the film and tv industry
1: Exciting stuff, a huge opportunity. Um, So if anybody's listening or knows anybody that might be interested in this, uh, we'll put the Contact details in, this, in the notes of the podcast and, and thanks Catherine, that's very exciting news. It's great to hear that you know, youngsters in Scotland are being encouraged to to come on board. It seems to me that Scotland has is,
2: is, is got a very, very healthy
1: film industry.
2: It has at the moment. It's just so busy and it's just going to get busier. They are fantastic opportunities, especially just now when things are so hard, in particular for young people. Then definitely look at the website, look at the guidelines, and see if there's something there for you.
1: Thank you very much for joining us today, Catherine. I really appreciate oh, that. Well, thank and, you. Uh, Thanks. And we look forward to to seeing the results as well. You know, the rig is yes. is an exciting yes. project, and it's it's obviously going to be coming out of our very the heart of our very own city.
0: Well, that was Catherine Nick in there. I'll tell you some great jobs that are coming up for young people. And that really is the thing because a lot of young people, you know, they're, they're getting a wee bit depressed and anxious about what careers they can go into. But that is a great start and foot up if you want to get into the, the film industry.
1: What's the chat? With Alison Craig and John Wood from Amazon Music. Resuming season one. Well, I suppose that's it for another week, John. It's been an absolute
0: blast. It has been a blast. And uh, we'll be blasting away next week as well at <laughs> the same time, same place.
1: That's why I always think, thank God we're not in the same studio because you are always blasting away.
0: <laughs> the joy we've of being... The... Glad we got the fart joking at the end. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, what yes. was that?
1: OK, we'll speak to you later, my darling. Take care. Cheers. And we're at the same time next week. Watch the Chat? Podcast.
0: Good to meet me. Look
1: forward to it. Bye! Bye. Bye.
0: I think that's
1: an absolute
0: And we also have language classes. <laughs>